You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium. We're here directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Chiefs return to the practice field on Wednesday to begin preparations for Sunday's AFC West showdown against the Los Angeles Chargers. We heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, defensive lineman Chris Jones, and linebacker Willie Gay. We'll go in that order, starting with head coach Andy Reid, followed by Patrick Mahomes. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with Chris Jones and Willie Gay. Here's head coach Andy Reid. Injury is uh, Justin Watson has an elbow contusion. Um, uh, he won't practice today. We'll just see how he does here as we go down the road. Um, look forward to the challenge of playing the Chargers, we know they're a good football team. And we, um, Brandon Staley's done a nice job there. And uh, they hired Kellen Moore this past off season to run the offense, and um, and he's doing a nice job. So we just got to make sure that we have a good week of preparation uh, as we get ready to play. That time's yours. Andy, um, Justin Watson, is he a candidate for IR, or do you think he'll be back before then at least? Uh, before then. Felix's snaps were down against Denver. Um, is he taking a step back, or was there a reason for him not playing as much as he had been? Yeah, uh, Spags went to a lot of the three down guys, and he just gets kicked out on that one. But uh, it was for no other reason. He's done a nice job. So. Andy, I know division games, everybody knows everybody, right? Uh, but it always seems to be that this one, you know, that sometimes you know, games will get out of hand. This series never does. No matter where you guys are, you guys always seem to be one score at the end. You got a theory as to why you seem to be so sticky? Yeah, um, they're a good team, and uh, they they play well against us. We play well against them, and it's just one of those games. You know, it's so that, you know, that's how you go about prepping for it. You know, it's going to come right down to the end, and you know, you bear down and focus on job at hand, and make sure we're doing the right things. I want to, Herbert's been through several, I have three offensive coordinators in his time there. How long does it take, I mean, to get in sync with your, your you know, quarterback and offensive coordinator where you can give everything to them and they understand it all? Yeah, I think it just depends on the person. I mean, he, he's a sharp kid. I'm very, very smart. And um, he's got a coach now that, you know, played in the, played that position in the NFL. And it looks like they're, He's doing pretty good with it, so um, he, he looks sharp. Andy, when, when did you start doing the, uh, the day in OTAs for your divisional team? Was it, was it as far back as Philadelphia? Or was it, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What, what, what prompted that, and, and what, yeah. what do you see the benefit of being? Yeah, just, I mean, you play them twice, and uh, so you we just spend a little extra time trying to get to know them better, uh, if you can. Uh, 
you know, now changes take place. So, but you, you spend a little time on it, and uh, you know, that, I don't know if most teams do that, but I'm sure there are other teams that, that do it for sure. So, in part, is it also to, to send a message that these games are you know, the marquee games? I think, you know, I, I think the guys know that they they understand that, you know, you've got you're playing a team twice or in your division there, and you know you gotta you gotta do well. Um, so, uh, but I think taking the time for the coaches and players when it, when it's not quite so chaotic as during the season to spend some time on it, I think, you know, I think helps. On Monday, we talked about how defenses are adapting as we go. It's ever changing. How have you seen Pat, maybe in recent seasons, <clears throat> be more comfortable taking them, like some of that underneath methodical stuff? Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, that's really um, he's more patient with uh, the underneath game, checkdowns, um, you know, and, but yet still is staying aggressive. There's a fine balance there. So, but he's gotten better at that for sure. Yeah, a couple of years ago, there was some discussion about Chris Jones and you know the effort to play him more in the defensive end role. And that season, he was hurt a lot, so maybe it didn't work out the way both he and the team planned. Um, this year, I mean, obviously he moves around the way he does, but a lot of his production, pass-wise, is coming on the end. What's it just say about him? I mean, is, is he truly a, a hybrid? I mean, in sorts, is he a, a tackle, an end? What do you kind of view him as? Yeah, well, somebody that... As good as he is, that good. Um, you got to move him around a little bit because <laughs> he, uh, you know, he's a not a bark man, but I mean, you know, they they know they've got to slow him down. So the best you can move him around, um, that helps him. Now, he's a good enough athlete where he can do that, and has a good enough feel for things where you can do that with him. Not everybody can do that, but he gives you that flexibility, and so that's what you know, Spags and Joe do. They, Give him opportunities outside and, and and inside and mix it up a little bit. Seems like he has a bit of extra fury this year, you know, coming off the contract and the whole debacle. Just have you seen something extra from him this year? Yeah, listen, I mean, he's always, uh, and he's, this is what he's been the last few years. I mean, he's grown up before our eyes. Um, and I think he's, Taking it serious, uh, you know, the last few years has been very serious on, on the skill of, you know, both spots, but, but his job. Yeah. Coach, what can Amenahu bring once he kind of gets up to speed and back in? What can he add to the defense? Well, he's another one that can play inside and outside, and that it gives you flexibility there. Uh, he's good at both, um, so. Again, you can work different combinations with that, um, but he's definitely somebody you have to look at. Uh, from a, if I'm game planning against him, I'm I'm gonna know where he's at, and uh, you know you, you gotta yeah he's a good football player. Coach, I, I assume you, your answer would be we'll see how it goes this week, but would you say it's at least open to him being able to play uh, this weekend? Yeah, I, well, I do want to see how it goes in the practices. Um, but sure, there's, there's a chance. I think he's in, in good shape, good shape uh, for being not in a football uniform. So he's kept himself in good shape. Now, the one advantage he has that maybe somebody that hasn't played up to this point, he went through all the training camp, all the preseason games, and um, you know, we'll just see. We'll see how he see how he does moving around out here. A couple more guys. How much of that inside outside? 
just a trend. Points and yards are down, which means defensive numbers are up after after six weeks. But any just easy theories on, on why offenses have trended down, not just with the Chiefs, but across the league? Yeah, listen, I think uh, their schemes are they're combining a bunch of different things um, and doing it well before the teams that tried to do that. Uh, they were normally weak in one spot or the other. Um, uh, I'm not seeing that uh, over the last couple of years here. Yeah. Chris, um, we just talked about Amanda and then Chris Jones inside outside. How much of that, I know it's been a while, but drew you to Joe Cullen and bringing him in and just being able to kind of teach uh, that versatility position less type of thing? On the yeah, well, Joe, Joe's a great defensive line coach. So, I mean, he, uh, he understands what it takes to play both. Um, he kind of trains all the guys to do that. Um, you, know, you see Michael doing it. You, um, they've, they've all got a little piece of that working inside um, and, out, and outside. So George has been in there. I think that's, you have to be able to teach. That's a different animal once you get inside there now. That's, uh, you know, you're surrounded, as they would say. <laughs> <laughs> Last one, sir. Uh, to Blair's point, Coach, uh, the offensive trend is it's a four-year trend. It's been kind of easing back. Mm -hmm. And I remember when it was, Kind of at that peak number, we were talking about offenses, and is there just no way to stop them? And you said, hey, it's all cyclical. The defenses yeah. will catch up. Yeah. So as you look at it right now, is it still all cyclical and the offenses will take off in the next few years? Well, we'll see. You know, I know the, the offensive guys will try to do that for sure, but defensive guys, are they're doing a great job uh, right now around the league. I mean, it's, it's, great. it's great. You love the challenge of that. So that, that's – the defensive guys love the challenge of stopping the offense, and the offensive guys love the challenge of stopping the defense. So, you know, and um, that's how that's how it goes. All right, thank you. Thank All right. you Good. Thank you. Yep. Uh, no, I mean, I think everybody can see the appeal. Uh, I've been been able to get to a couple races now, uh, seeing the environment, um, and then obviously watching the drive to survive on Netflix. You see how competitive it is, and. Um, anytime you get an opportunity to get in on that, I mean, I'm, I'm competitive as, as anyone can get. And so hopefully uh, it can open up to some great opportunities and uh, we're able to go to some of those races and have a little little stake in the game. No, I don't know if I had options. They, they came to us with the opportunity. Um, I jumped at it. Um, I'm excited for it, and uh, obviously having Trav with me, I mean, it'll be cool to be able to go to some of the events and hopefully get to some, some other places maybe other than Miami, maybe get to some of the other places uh, around the world. Uh, it'll be really cool. Um, I don't know if that's in my contract. So, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, I know Veach is a big big F1 guy, so maybe he'll let me cruise around the track at least once, but I don't know if they'll, the cars cost a little bit of money, so I don't know if they'll let me do that. Uh, it's been around for a few years. Um, how much of maybe seeing that show led you to wanting to get involved with Peyton and doing that quarterback show? Yeah, it was definitely big. Um, just just seeing how top athletes at their profession can still do this uh, documentary-type series, um, showing their life, but at the same time, they can still compete at the top of, the, of their profession. And so it showed that the best athletes in the world can do it. Um, so I thought I could was able to do that and still focus on the main thing, um, but get to document all this this cool stuff that we do. Not until I own an NFL team. So if I can get there, if I can get there, then I might might settle down. But they it may, they make it pretty tough to to get to that spot. Is that the ultimate goal for the business? 
Yeah, eventually, uh, when I'm done playing. Uh, I think Tom's trying to do it right now. Um, but uh, that's definitely where you want to get to because uh, I love this sport and want to give back in any way possible. When I'm done playing, obviously, I'll be a, I'll be a Chiefs fan. Uh, but at the same time, I want to have that competitive uh, edge like I've always had my entire life. It wasn't possible in the NFL. Would you look at an NBA team, NHL, baseball, whatever it might be? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm always looking around. I mean, obviously, I can't do it in the uh, the NFL while I'm playing. Um, so I'm always looking around at other sports. I mean, it's hard to get in, in, in all sports, uh, NBA and all that different type of stuff. But uh, I'm always keeping my ears open. If they give me the opportunity, I'm going to jump at it. Patrick, you play the Chargers um, this coming up. You look at their defense, and they're ranked very low. But then you see Mac has like seven sacks. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at their defense, is he the guy you key on? I mean, they got a lot of guys. I think that's uh, they haven't that their record doesn't reflect it this year. But I mean, we understand how good this football team is. I um, they're a playoff football team, a team that we played a one score. It seems like every single game. Um, great quarterback, uh, great weapons on the offense, great defense all around. Um, and so it'll be a great challenge for us um, and uh, something that we have to step up for. The offense we need to play better in order to win this game. And um, I think uh, this will be a great opportunity for us to go up against a great defense and uh, see what we can do. Uh, yeah, no, 100%. You got him and Joey Bosa on the other side. So it's, it's tough to choose between one of those two guys because those are two of the best pass rushers in the, in the league. Patrick, after watching film, how do you think the offense can be better? Yeah, I think it's just it's little stuff. Um, and I said it after the game, and even watching the film, you see it even more. It's, it's just the little stuff that we're not executing at a high enough level, and it's not everybody, and it's different people, every single play, including myself. Um, and so in this league, in order to, to have these sustained drives and score touchdowns, get in the red zone and score against good defenses, you have to execute everybody, coaches included. And I think that's, that's something that we have to continue to get better and better at. And I think if we start executing at a high enough level, we have the talent um, and we have the play calls. So let's just continue to get better and better. Yeah, I mean, when you call, when you kind of, we design plays to get the deep shots um, throughout the week, and um, when those aren't there, it's, it's hard sometimes. You want to almost force it in there to give it, give it a chance because you, you, you've worked all week for it. Um, but you have to continue to be patient. Um, teams are playing us in a lot of deep, deep coverages, uh, deep zone coverages, and we haven't proven that we can sustain multiple drives where we go down the field and score. We've done it in spurts. Um, so we have to continue to do that. And once we show that, we run the ball, we throw it short, we get down the field and score touchdowns, they'll come up, and that's when I need to hit the deep shots. You have to be aware, right, during the game that, hey, I haven't thrown deep at all. I mean, is there an urge, an urge to, to do it at least once or twice a game? Yeah, I mean, I'm always have that mentality. Um, but you, you kind of have to just take what's there and, and what the defense is giving you. And that's something that I've learned over my years is as much as I want to throw it deep every play, you got to just take what's there and, um, there's probably a couple shots in the game I might have could have got to, but at the same time, just just con continue to sustain those drives that we had this last week. Let's just put them in the end zone at the end of them. Given that you haven't been necessarily as productive as you wanted to be offensively, is there a little different feeling to that this year, given how your, the defense is playing? Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that helps out a ton whenever you, you don't feel like you've played your best ball, especially as an offense, and you're still sitting here 5-1. and one. Um, And so you have to continue to just – push, continue to get better and better. Um, that's all you can do regardless. Um, but at the same time, we understand that it's going to take the offense at some point to have to have the big game to win it. Um, and our defense is, is holding it down for us right now. But let's take some pressure off of them so they can play free and, and be even better. You talk about those little things. And it feels like the receivers in this offense, you know, it's kind of like a ballet, a dance, you know, uh, read option routes and all of these things. Does chemistry matter that much more just because it's in this offense and that everything has to be in 
in sync? Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's something that we continue to build. Um, I think guys have come a long way even since OTAs, and I feel like we're in a good spot. Um, but uh, we have to continue to get better and better throughout the year. Um, we want to we be playing our best football all the time, but obviously we'll be playing at the end of the year. And so I feel like we're, we're making steps in the right, right direction. Let's just continue to get better, and hopefully by the end of the year we can really be uh, the best that we can be. Let's go to Nate next. You mentioned the, the deep zones that you're seeing. You know, in basketball, teams playing a zone, you got to be able to hit the threes to get them out. Mm -hmm. What's kind of the football equivalent to you? What do you need to be able to do to get people out of there? Yeah, I think it's just it's just like I said, you got to have these sustained drives like we had this last game, but you have to execute in the red zone. And that's something that we've taken pride in these last few years is scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Um, obviously, this last game, we didn't do that. Um, that's why the game was was, cl was close because we didn't score those touchdowns. We got field goals and didn't get points in some drives. And so we have to continue to get better and better um, and make sure that when we have these long, sustained drives that we score touchdowns when we get down in the red zone. We'll go Nate Byron and Seren. Go ahead, Nate. Kind of a bit of a odd question, but when you saw the schedule release back in the spring, just how did you sort of anticipate the season going, and just how just about every time zone possible for the schedule? Yeah, I mean, I think that that comes with the territory. Whenever you start winning a lot, um, you play the better teams in the NFL. Uh, just how the schedule makers make the schedule, um, and then obviously we have a lot of primetime games and. Not a lot of 12 o'clock games and stuff like that. And so we, that just comes with it. Um, when you win, they, they want to put you on those nationally televised games and stuff like that. And uh, we're excited for it. I mean, what better prepare you uh, for the playoffs than playing in different time zones, playing at different times of the day, um, and playing in front of everybody so that you can prepare your yourself that whenever you get to the playoffs, you're ready to go. And so uh, it's, a, it's a heck of an opportunity. Um, and uh, I'm excited that I'm playing at Arrowhead this week at three because that's like my favorite time, I think, to play. <laughs> Or is there, you know, prime time versus like late afternoon? Um, I think during the regular season, I prefer like that that three o'clock window, just because it's it's right there, especially when you're at home, because you get to get home and watch the night game and everything like that, not too late. Um, but once you get towards the end of the season, I like the the prime time ones at, at seven, uh, no matter if it's Monday, Thursday, or Sunday night. All right, Patrick, I think it's only one day per divisional team you spend during OTAs, but. I will, Think of that as having value in what you guys have done in, in the division. What, what does it do for you? Yeah, I, mean, I think it does have value. Um, I think just the coaches put an emphasis on that we got to win our division first. Um, we, we believe we have a tough division there. Every game in our division is is a one-score game. It's, it's going down to the wire. And so we understand it takes the little things that are going to take us to get that win. Um, and so we have to continue to get to really focus on our division opponents, um, and especially the Chargers. Um, and so we just we take that time in the offseason. We take some more time in training camp so that when we get to this week, we're prepared and ready to go out there and be our best. And that our best is what it's going to take in order to get the win. And when you think of the reasons why you've had such success in the division, what, what things do you think of the most? Um, no, it's just it's just ultimate focus. Um, every game's been close. It's not like we're it's a lot of blowouts or anything like that. It's just we we find a way at the end of the day uh, to get the win. Um, but we understand and respect our opponents that we know that it's going to be a hard fought a hard fought battle. And I think that's where I guess some teams would would lose some of those games is we don't take it for granted that we're going to play our best football to win. Um, um, and we understand that uh, going into every single week that we play a division opponent. Patrick, I know quarterbacks have such a unique position in sports with everything that goes into it, and there's kind of a camaraderie amongst the respect for all the other guys that do the uh, job. I know you did a commercial with 
with Herbert, where is, is he? You know, it sounds like you're pretty close with Tom Brady. We hear you mm. talking about talking to Tom a lot. Where is Justin, one of the guys you're kind of close with? Or? Yeah, I, I talk to him every once in a while. Um, he's he's a great quarterback. Um, he does a lot of great things in the football field. Um, I mean, he makes some. I've said it multiple times. Based some throws, I don't think anyone can make. Um, and I got to meet him more this offseason, shooting those commercials and stuff like that. And a great guy and. I think he's a pretty good golfer, so maybe I have to get on the golf course at some point. Um, but, uh, yeah, I haven't built that that friendship like that, but I've talked to him a couple times now. I understand he's a really good guy. All his teammates love him. Um, and, uh, I mean, obviously a great quarterback. Good. Thanks, Thanks Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. How y'all doing? No, this is, it was a song I was listening to, Leo, Rock the Boat. You know, you can't go wrong with a Leo, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Chris, having a man who back, what does that do for the defense? Should be a lot of fun. I think you can never have enough pass rushers. I think he's a guy who brings a lot of versatility to our room, um, to our team especially. You know, um, thankful he's back, ready to assert him in and um, utilize his ability, especially on pass rush styles. And he knows the system, fresh legs. <laughs> Are you sensing the energy of him like he can't wait to get out there? Yeah, he's super excited. Uh, we just got to make sure he knows the plays and all the checks and everything. But we're excited to get him back. Uh, he's excited to be back, and um, we're ready to add that addition to this defense line. Hey, Chris, two years ago, we made a big deal. I've talked about a lot about you going and playing more on the edge. And you spent like two-thirds of your snaps out there. You were hurt. You know, you had the wrist injury. Last year, you went back to playing more inside. This year, you're playing about two-thirds on the edge, and it's, you've been really productive. What's the difference between now and maybe two years ago? Joe Cullen. Having Joe Cullen around, a guy who's heavily invested in his D-line and, um, you know, very particular on chasing greatness every day, so pushing the best out of me, uh, the indiv individuals in the D-line, and I think it's a trickle effect. 
what, what have you learned about playing out there without giving away, I guess, any sort of trade secrets? I just learned how to rush. I think we talked about this before, Chris, but is it, a, is it a joy to sort of find the matchup that you feel most comfortable at, but have the rest of the guys sort of play well within sort of your decisions to go inside or outside, depending on the, the down situation? I'm super grateful for the guys in the room. Um, we have an unselfish group who allows me to be play free and be free on monster defensive line. I'm very grateful grateful of that. Um, <clears throat> I think it's more so of a weekly prep on um, where's the, where I can get an advantage at. And the guys buy in, they allow me to do that. So, you know, I think it's a collective effort. How, how much input do you get? Like whether it's you know, going through the film with Joe and Steve and saying, hey, I, I like this spot, I like that spot. And, and, I, and in the game, you know, how much input do you get on where you get to line up and go from? I think it's a, a, it's a mutual agreement on both ends. Um, you know, transparency is key. Uh, watching film, them understanding how you like to rush, where you like to rush from, them trying to put you in the best position to to get that rush and both agreeing to it, but also getting the guys to accept it. So, Are, are there times where you see how the offensive line was particularly mm-hmm. – side of tight end might be on before you actually decide where you're going to line up? Yeah, sometimes. You know, um, especially in the game. You never know the adjustments to the game until you get to the game, so you have to make game-time decisions, right? So I call it calculated risk. Yeah. Five sacks uh, in five games. Um, is there, like, in a way, a benefit to maybe not having gone through the training camp and just having more energy this season, or is that like a wild... <laughs> I actually think my body is pretty healthy um, prior to not going to training camp. Um, you know, I can't speak for everybody else, but I feel really damn good right now. <laughs> you talk about Justin Herbert. I mean, what challenge does he present as a quarterback? I know they're not having the season they want, but what do you see in him, and is he getting better every year? <clears throat> yeah, Justin Herbert, um, his number speaks for itself, I guess. You know, they say um, women like men like, but numbers doesn't lie. You look at his numbers year in and year out. He's continued to be dominant. He's continued to make big-time throws. He's continued to be a force on that team. And, um, you know, sometimes the record doesn't show how good of a player he is. You know, we go back to last week. Russell Wilson has a QBR of, like, 101. But they have a bad record. So does that mean he's a bad quarterback? No, his QBR telling you he's not a bad quarterback. It's just unfortunate situation. So I definitely think um, he's a heck of a quarterback, a top 10 quarterback in this league. Um, that team is an eager team. <clears throat> I know they're dealing with injuries on the defensive side of the ball, offensive side of the ball, the starting center went down. Um, but that's a heck of a team over there, coached by a really, really good coach that I respect well. Um, so. We know it's going to be a dog fight. It's a division game, and I'm excited. Looking forward to it. You had the season. You had, the season where you had 11, a sack in 11 straight games, I think, 11 or 12, whatever it was. Set the NFL record for it. What did that season tell you about how difficult it is to, to do something like that? I think every year has its challenges. Um, every season has its own adversity. Um, most importantly, I think it's about the guys in the room with you uh, who is who has – Kind of balance your success, you know. If you got guys who is unselfish and um, 
who allows you to be you and excel in what you do best, and it can excel the whole room. So I think hand-in-hand -hand with the guys I have in the room with me, um, I think it's, you know, it's a counterproduct of my success. Chris, what do you view yourself as? I mean, are you a defensive tackle? Are you defensive end, edge rusher, defensive lineman? What do you think of yourself as? Um, I guess a hybrid, you know. Um, can play inside, can play outside. Um, no specific position. You know, we did the end thing for a whole year. Um, now it's more so it's like back and forth, and I'm very comfortable with it. I had a couple years in Spags defense where I know the end position, know the tackle position, know when I can take my chances. So it's more so for me, it's about comfortability. Can I circle back a little bit to just how you kind of view your value in the business? Because you're obviously one of the best defensive tackles. Now you're having a lot of success, and you can make an argument and say, hey, I'm one of the better edge rushers, too. Does that circle back into just kind of your contract and value and how you view yourself? I want I want to say that I think that's a discussion to have after the season. I let my agents take it up on it. Um, for me, how I view myself is continue to get better week in and week out. I let you guys do the comparison where I'm at, where you rank me at. But for me, it's about continuing to get better every day. Chris, just <clears throat> so just looking back to you know your interview with Rodney Harrison on Peacock and everyone talking about that, and then some guys like Mike Parsons has been quick to speak out on former players, speaking on current players. Do you you think that's any kind of issue going on or anything like that? No, I don't think it's an issue. Um, I think we've lost the sight of freedom of speech. I think everybody is entitled to have their opinion about whatever they want to talk about. You know what I mean? And I don't think they're wrong for, for, for it, for having their own opinion. I think these days people are a little sensitive to opinions. Um, it's okay. You got to take the good with the bad. We we live in a profession. Well, we play a profession that you're gonna get criticized for the bad, and you're gonna get praised for the good. So sometimes it goes hand in hand. So I think um, opinions for me, I strive off of them. I look them as a, a building point. Uh, you know, you take the good with the bad. It's all about what you take in. And, you know, that's just the way it is. This goes to Ren and Nate. Uh, Chris, I know. Not getting a contract done long term. This might be the last year the way things kind of work out. Are you having any moments? Are you taking a little time? You know, obviously we see your affinity for Joe and your teammates and everything. Are you looking at this year any differently? Maybe trying to soak in each day a little more and knowing it you might not be here next year. Yeah, listen, man, you got to take it with stride, man. Um, I'm a huge believer in Christ, and I feel like everything happened for a reason, right? And I, I, I feel like. Um, some things happen for the betterment. So whether I'm here from years on or this is my last year, I'm completely grateful for it. And we're just going to continue. Make sure we win the ring. Last one, Nate. Uh, two questions real quick, Chris. Frank is a free agent. Um, what would he bring if the opportunity does present himself to come back? And then my second question is, why do you feel like the defensive line as a whole has been more productive against the run this year than in previous? Um, I think um, as a whole, as a D-line, um, we've asked a lot of people to, to mature a lot. You know, George Kalautis, Mike Dana, um, him getting the starting role for this year. George um, coming in second year, first year, he was a starter. You know, um, asking those guys to mature. And we got a, we, we got guys on the bench who can come in to be a starter also. Tershawn Warden, who we brought in. Um, you know, Matt Dickerson. So we got a lot of guys who've been around the system 
knows the in and outs of this defense and is comfortable with this defense. I think comfortability is a huge thing in being successful, especially amongst the defensive line because this player is comfortable. They can play lights out without thinking. Um, and, you know, we everyone is unselfish, man. Everyone is unselfish. I think that's a huge part of it, uh, being unselfish, um, playing for one another, uh, not per se chasing stats. And... Um, I think this is where success happens, man. When everyone is focused on one goal, it's more achievable um, than everyone's focused on different things. And I think we all focus on one goal, and that's about being better than we were last week, adding our 1% in every day. And by the time we make it to January or December, we'll continue making strides, and we'll be where we want to be. And uh, Frank, any, any thoughts about that potentially happening? What, what he could benefit you guys most of? Like I said at the beginning, I never think you can have enough pass rushers. You know, Frank for me is like a brother. Uh, we was able to achieve a lot of success with Frank. Um, Kansas City know what type of guy Frank is, what he brings to this team, the type of charisma, the attitude, the leadership he brings. So, you know, to have him back, um, I would love for that to happen. So we'll see where it goes. He's still he's still a free agent right now. So hopefully we get him in. I'll take care. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Good to see you. Take you back to sort of this time last year, you coming back from your suspension and then obviously having the success in the second half of the season. Is there something that you pinpoint during that break that led you to have such a successful second half? Uh, just staying ready, man, and um, keeping keeping everything intact mentally and uh, trying to not to get you know too much into the outside world, knowing that soon and later, sooner or later. I will be back in that action and what was it, week six, I think. And uh, yeah, I was rolling after that. And I was happy to be back. So Yeah, I think obviously Charles is going through something yeah. similar. Did you have any conversations with him about oh, yeah. how to maybe guide him through this Oh yeah, we, we talked a while ago, you know. Uh, what we talked about, you know, I'm gonna keep between us, but uh, just to help him out a little bit, I did give him some advice and um, you know, tried to help him see this whole situation through and thank God he's finally back, man. So Willie, you were in training camp with him, and of course, preseason. What does he bring to the defense? What are you excited to have back? Uh, he's just a versatile defensive end, a guy that can play the run, play the pass. He's long, uh, so he can really he can set edges. Uh, very, just a very versatile guy. From a came from the 49ers where they had a great defense, um, and to add him to our team and to this linebacker, I mean, to the defensive room is a big piece. What's his energy? Oh, he's happy. Just know that he's he's ready. So he, the game was taken away from him, and now he's back. So he's definitely you know grateful to be back. What is what's the challenge of Austin Eckler? He's one of the best guys out of the backfield, and you know how, how much pressure has he put on you guys? Um, there's nothing he can't do. You know, uh, he missed a couple of weeks, but uh, he's back now, healthy. So you know uh, he can run the ball, pat, uh, catch the ball out the backfield. So we just keep our eyes on him. Charges have had. Uh, you offensive coordinators these past few seasons. What are you seeing from Kellen Moore and the, just the scheme overall? Um, really, screens, man. They want they, uh, they want to get the ball to the playmakers. 13, 30, um, whether it's run or pass with 30, um, and really just any way to put points on the board, they, they, they'll do it. So you can't count this team out or nothing. So when you when you see a game that's, that could be sideline the sideline like that. Which plays here at assets mm-hmm. maybe you kind of salivate a little bit? Oh, yeah, every game like that for me, man. I just like running. So whenever the ball gets on the edge, I go. So. Well, a few years ago, uh, 
Chris Staley Prescott that they were one of the first teams to really start going for it on fourth down. It looked like they might have been surprised at some folks. Maybe they even surprised you guys. Uh, how has that changed in just in your time in the NFL? Of, you know, it's more prevalent and yeah. are you guys ready for it? Is it oh, yeah, you just got to know. Uh, well, the first key is to get teams into third and longer, you know, so they won't go forward. And then because if it's third and two, now it's four down territory. They treat third down like second down, and now it's fourth and one. They're obviously going forward across the 50-yard line, so to try to get teams in longer down and distances. Um, so negative plays start, we'll, we'll, you know, start that, and um, that's the key for us, just the sacks, TFLs, and negative plays uh, on pass down. So. Well, now that we're like through a quarter here, um, how would you assess your own game? What you like from what you saw from yourself? What ways you like to improve? I just want to keep getting better, man, honestly. That's all. So. I'm sorry. Your position group, the linebackers, you seem to have a nice mix of maybe the best group you got, you've had since you've been here. Diverse skills and feel pretty, you know, yeah. linebackers feel pretty good these days. Oh yeah. <laughs> Talk about Justin Herbert. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the, the record doesn't show it, but you know, he's a very good quarterback. Have you seen a difference in him from last year and the year before, or is he doing something different, mature? He can, I mean, he's a quarterback that's growing. He's been good since day one, you know, since he came in the league with me four years ago. Um, and he's, he was good then, and he's getting even better now. So that's what I have on him. Last one. Thanks, Wally. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Wally.